the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Okay, so how long are we going to allow Facebook to get away with the, oh, shit, my, oh, man, uh, I'm sorry. It was a total mistake. First, it was the Russian ads during the 2016 election. Then it was the Cambridge Analytica fiasco. Now it's videos from conservatives are getting blocked, and I'm not calling Alex Jones a conservative. This has nothing to do with him. The latest example is a four-minute political ad for Elizabeth Hang. Now, she is a U.S. congressional candidate from California. She's fantastic. She's going to be joining us in a couple of hours. Hang would uh, seem to tick all of the right Silicon Valley boxes. She's 33. She's a minority. She's a female. She's a successful business owner. She's a repu- Oh, geez. Well, that's the problem. There it is. That is the problem, isn't it? No, 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 no. The problem really is the algorithm. The algorithms at Facebook. They're just making it seem like they're trying to uh, shadow block people who are conservatives. An algorithm is just a computer code, right? Can't differentiate between political red and political blue. How come it just seems to keep happening to the red? Now, am I not supposed to know that Hang is trying to unseat Democrat Jim Costa? Been in office 14 years? Apparently not. Now, I'm not saying that Facebook algorithms are definitely censoring conservative uh, content, but I'm not not saying that either. Does look a little suspicious, does it not, Stu? Just a a little bit. A tad. A tad. So why did Facebook pull her video down? Well, because it's pretty offensive. The ad opens with Hang narrating the story about how her parents escaped from the Khmer Rouge communists during the Cambodian Civil War and then fled to the U.S. The video includes some graphic black and white photos of the atrocities in Cambodia. She received an automated message from Facebook saying, your ad wasn't approved because it doesn't follow our advertising policies. We don't allow ads that contain shocking, disrespectful, or sensational content, including ads that depict violence or threats of violence. Oh, really? Really? Cindy Sheehan, you should make note of this. In a statement, Hang said, it's unbelievable that Facebook could have such a blatant disregard for the history of so many people that so many people, including my own parents, live through. I'm sure it's shocking for some people to hear about this kind of injustice, but that is reality. Then yesterday morning, Facebook thought, oh, oh my God, did that do And you're a concern. Oh, my gosh. that did, Wow. They said it's clear the video contains historical imagery relevant to the candidate's story. Oh, so was it the algorithm or was it a bunch of people that complained that communists were being shown in a bad light? I'm just wondering. What was different about Facebook's viewing experience yesterday versus Friday? Because the ad didn't change. No word yet on whether uh, the responsible algorithm has been fired. Facebook apparently is checking with the algorithm's Twitter feed before making any kind of decisions. It's Wednesday, August 8th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck mm. Program. Okay. All righty then. Okay. Welcome to the program. Jim Dingle here. We're going to peel the layers uh, on the onion and see what's really happening. 
uh, take the elevator down another floor and find out what's really happening in the root cellar. Welcome to the program. Uh, we've got a couple of things um, happening today. We want to go over the election, uh, the election results. We'll do that here in just a couple of minutes. Um, but I am, I, I, you know, I think we need to start again with what is happening uh, with censorship. And there's some really disturbing things that are that are happening. And I've I've been you know, I've been reading the comments of people going, oh, well, I'm not using hate speech. So what difference does it make? I'm not going to really, really. Are we this stupid as a nation? No, 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 no. Don't answer that. Although I will tell you this. I do have just a wee bit of hope in the American people again today. After the election results, just a little bit, just a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe we're not all socialists now. But then I see things like 46% of GOPers say that the president, I want to get this exactly right. Do you have this in front of you? 43% should be able to, the president should be able to shut down media outlets and news organizations that exhibit bad behavior. Bad behavior. Just based on those two words, shouldn't you say, well, before I answer that, could you define bad behavior? Seems like a, a part of the equation you need to understand. Yeah, you would need to understand that. To, you know, meet it. Yes. Right. 43% of Republicans believe that he should be able to do that. 12% and 21% agreed that Trump should have the authority over misbehaving outlets, 12% and 26% see the media as the opposition. Okay, can we delve into that for a second? Is the media an enemy of the people? Stu, your thoughts? Um, uh, no. I mean, no. I, if I, I asked you, if I asked you this question, what are the things, what institutions do you believe are driving a wedge uh, between the American people and our traditional uh, founding documents? Would I include the media in that? Yes. Yeah, probably would. Wh- which would be the biggest? What would you say the biggest uh, institution? Our education system education would be system. a huge part of that. Okay. Uh, but the media would be a big part of it as well. All right. So that doesn't make the media an enemy of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Does it make it an enemy of the republic? No, not, not to say, not to say the media, because I think it's a better case could be made for, for our universities. It's a problem, right, facing the republic, the way it's handled. And that's a case for both of those institutions. That doesn't mean that they're the enemy. Again, we, but at some level, saying the press is the enemy of the people uh, gives them too much power. Yes. It's our job to decipher what they're yes. saying. And if we just sit here and say, well, they're saying the wrong thing and misleading us. Well, it's our job to find the truth. Yes. It's not theirs. Yes. I mean, it's their job to say yes. what is true and what is not. But if they fail on it, we're the backstop there. Yes. Personal responsibility. Yes. And you, you know, you shouldn't be listening to people who say, trust me, trust me. Everything I say is true. Trust me. You should check everybody's facts. Of course. You should, you uh, should not take. That. First of all, it, it, you know what the problem is with Ocasio-Cortez? Uh, there's several of them. Uh, uh, two, I can give well, you 218 <laughs> trillion of them <laughs> right, okay, uh, from a recent right. study, if you'd right. like. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
here she is. She went to BU, right? Boston University. Yeah. That's a good university, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a very highly uh, respected school. And very expensive, if mm-hmm. I am not mistaken. Okay, so she goes to BU. She graduates. She gets her master's in economics and her master's in uh, foreign affairs. And I don't think she knows anything about either of those things. Doesn't seem to in the interviews. Right. Now, is it possible... You know, she's been through. Remember, in a car accident, I was in New York uh, a month ago Mm -hmm. and I walked by the restaurant she was working at six months ago. Right. She was a waitress. So is it possible that she has been thrust into national savior of one of the two major parties and is, you know, the pressure is getting to her and she doesn't know how to handle it. I think that's possible. I think but this is more likely. have basic knowledge of these, of the things she's supposed to be an expert in. Okay, I think, I think this is more likely. Go back in your head to when you were 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. How sure of things were you? Uh, you know, pretty sure. Were you? You know, um, I thought I was at least. Yeah, you thought you were. Right. Okay. Um, I know at least for me, it took me until I was about 35 before starting in starting at 30 is when I realized I was an alcoholic about 32, 31 or, you know, 10 minutes after my 30th birthday. I realized (laughs) I don't know Jack. I think I do. I think I do, Mm -hmm. but I don't. I, I could I could argue and argue, but it would all come breaking down eventually because i didn't have anything other than the facts that i had heard the arguments that i adopted you know what i I did i don't yes i certainly didn't have enough depth to be as sure as i probably was correct correct (laughs) right because it's normal that's normal you're 28 years old you haven't you haven't had the you haven't had life throw you up against the wall most likely most likely in the way life can really throw you up against the wall so so she's out here and she's gone to college. She's got all these degrees, but she hasn't thought them through. She wasn't. They're not teaching critical thinking in universities. They are. They are indoctrinating you. They are telling you what the answer is. So if you've been indoctrinated, you can go out and spew that stuff. But the minute somebody starts to challenge you, well, I'm not really an expert on that. And that's what's happening. Yeah, I I, uh, I was in her restaurant where she worked was unions in Union Square, mm-hmm. and you've been to Union Square. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's a bunch of really nice restaurants and shops and high end capitalist real estate. Yeah, and then in the middle of it is a square where there's just nonstop socialist protests. Yes, uh, and, and all the people and, that work in the restaurants that are serving the people who think this is a really nice area. Um, you know, are being nice to the really rich people. And then they walk out and go to the socialist protest. Correct. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When I was there, they had a protest, which uh, I would, of course, I had to walk up to it mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, of course. And, and, and check it out. Right. And I would say the point of it was that Andrew Cuomo is way too conservative. Like legitimately, it was some socialist, Democratic socialist candidate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking about how Andrew Cuomo had sided with Wall Street too often mm-hmm. and uh, was 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 you know killing the left movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're surrounded by that, I mean, you think about it, you go to work every day, mm-hmm. you are working in a place where everything's incredibly expensive, but you're working at a restaurant where everyone keeps coming into your restaurant and seemingly can afford everything, but you can't. 
because you are the ones working there and you're not making enough money to afford everything. You're probably going to home to some place where uh, you are, live with a roommate. And this is most people. I don't know her situation exactly, but most people who do that, they go home, they have to work and they live with a roommate. They're not enjoying life like the people who seem to be coming into the restaurant every day. And then every day they walk out and the answer is right in that square. It's easy, so it's just two hundred eighteen trillion. All you need is the two hundred eighteen trillion dollars. So all these problems go away. Here's the amazing thing: my daughter, um, you know, lived in New York at the same time we did. I had a pretty sweet apartment. Yes, sweet apartment. It was like movie quality apartment. It was very nice. Okay. Yes. My daughter practically lived in a murder hut. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I was like, you're not living here. She's like, Dad, that's all I can afford. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to give you how much do you need? Well, probably about 3,000 more to get out of Murder Hut City. Okay, well, I'm not going to give that to you, but <laughs> be careful. Here's a phone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and she didn't hate the rich. She didn't no. hate the rich. No, but that's you could... where she was in her life at the time. This is where I am I in had my life. Moments like that as well. I was in murder huts as well, or right. at least close. To them. I was in murder huts. We lived well, not in a murder hut, maybe more of a crack house where they were. It was a crack house, but very fine people. Very, very fine. Uh, people. We both lived in the same apartment complex years ago, and that was like a nicer part of 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 that era for right. me. That was like when yeah. I was like, I stepped up to your right. murder hut. Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't a murder hut. <laughs> no. Again, it was a very nice crack well, house. Very nice people yeah uh but it, it it's true that I, I think not everybody in that situation feels that way but many do i mean it's easy to fall into that trap especially well, when, when you walk out of your business and seeing how everybody is dressed and see how everybody has a seemingly easy life in the restaurant that you can't afford and you're you're confronted by people who are shouting rich people are bad they have what you don't have it would be very easy to fall into that trap right and think about this when you're young and you're figuring out the world. Mm-hmm. You tend to go. A lot of people have swings, wild yes. swings in each direction. This is this has uh, been reported the last few days that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, when she was, uh, you know, back in the this is way back several years ago, considered herself a follower of Adam Smith. What? Of course, the father of capitalism, um, and said that terms like feminism and empowerment were relics from the past. Oh my gosh! What happened? I'd love to do an interview. I would. Oh. It's one of the only interviews I think I'd pay for. <laughs> I would love to interview her. She would never answer those questions, but I would love to interview her and find out how did you get there? Because I, again, I don't think she's stupid. She's the worst advertisement for BU ever and democratic socialism. Yes, she she cannot answer a single question about her views without getting all tongue tied. And well, I don't really know. Um, and but I think it's because she's 28 and she's not been challenged. You know, if you're living and working around Union Square, that's that's you're not being challenged. This I bring this up because opposing views, even views that you despise, are not um, bad. They are good. You should read them. You should listen to them. I challenge you today. To listen to a podcast or listen to some, and maybe if you're a liberal, you're listening to me, and so this will count. Listen to somebody you disagree with, and and then sharpen yourself. You might learn something new, but when your views are challenged, you become sharper, because it, it requires you to say, well, wait a minute, I totally disagree with that, but why? Why do I disagree? 
right now we are just trained to hear buzzwords and react against them. That does not make you someone who can save the republic because you can't teach it to your children. All you can teach to your children are the knee-jerk responses that mean nothing. Barack Obama made me a better man. He made me a better uh, citizen. He made me somebody who is strong in the Constitution because he challenged me. And instead of just saying, well, he's black, as the media would say we did, what did we do? We learned our own history. We said that can't be right. That can't be right. Is that right? Well, we learned some things were, some things were not. That makes us stronger. Challenge yourself. Do n- more speech, not less speech. Do not block people from speaking. By the way, it's an inalienable right. The way I just let you know. God gave it to you. And you can't take it away. That was unalienable. Inalienable, unalienable, interchangeable. I don't know why it's an old timey thing. It's weird. Yes, but unalienable is the one that's on the document. Uh, yes, sometimes right. it is. Sometimes it is the one on the document. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one of them is in the document. The other one is sometimes quoted as in the document, yeah. but it's not. Mm-hmm. But they're interchangeable. All right, Simply Safe Home Security. Great security system. Uh, fantastic protection. It is something for your house. Uh, something for your business. I've walked into businesses. I love these businesses. When I do this, I walk in and I see the Simply Safe and I'm like, all right, okay. Somebody who gets it. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now. SimplySafeBeck.com. These guys are now protecting over 2 million homes and, and businesses around uh, the country. They're about, I think, to expand uh, into a global business. Uh, I, at least it would make sense to me. Um, they're now a billion dollar um, business. In an, in an industry that just, I mean, how do you go in five years from five guys to a billion dollar business? You build a better mousetrap in an industry that just isn't trusted because there's all kinds of loopholes and contracts and all this stuff. Not with Simply Safe, no contract. You own the system. 24 7 monitoring is $14.99 a month, and the system is really cheap. It is Simply Safe. Beck.com. Go there now. Check out the system. See how much you're going to save. And this is state-of-the-art technology. SimplySafeBeck.com. Save 10% now on your home security system at SimplySafeBeck.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Let me go to uh, Chip in Florida. Hello, Chip. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Good morning. Hey. Just wanted to uh, make a comment. Uh, y'all mentioned it earlier in your show, and I hear it so much about people uh, trying to make out that the press is the enemy of the people. Yeah. And I believe that what's well, kind of missing the point, like Glenn says himself, you have to ask, what do people mean by that? I think a lot of people miss the point. Mm-hmm. It's not like the press is going to take up arms against us. Correct. It's they have a duty in the Constitution to inform the public. And the only way that a republic will work is that the people are informed. Correct. And if the press is deliberately slanting the news, then they are not fulfilling their duty. So in, in a sense of the word, you could say, well, that's what an enemy would do. Yeah, it's an, it's an enemy of the republic to um, misinform or to hide information. However, that doesn't make it an enemy of the people. And 
there's a bigger point here, Chip, that uh, I think everybody is missing, and we'll get to that next. There are, what, a couple thousand uh, National Football League players, people who are associated with the NFL, the best players in the world at their chosen profession. And that's honestly not a lot. It'd be hard to find one out of a crowd. Uh, it's hard to find someone uh, who is going to wind up growing up to be in the NFL. Well, there's kind of a situation we've got going on. The same sort of filtering process goes on with real estate agents. Realestateagentsitrust.com basically looks and does the job of NFL scouts, and they find the best real estate agents in America. Right now, there's about 1,200 agents all over America that are rigorously qualified through their experience, their marketing plans, uh, their character, and the results they get for their clients. And these are people who listen to the show, who watch the show. These are the best in the business. If you need to sell your house fast and for the most money, or if you're looking to buy, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and you'll be introduced to the best agent in your town. Let these agents earn your business. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's continue our conversation. We just had a well, we just had a caller in, um, and he said, "You know, the the deal is, Glenn, is the the press is keeping information uh, from us. They are, you know, selectively covering things, and that's true. And this is the reason that the press doesn't understand why we have Donald Trump. Why? How could Donald Trump be elected? Well, I'll tell you, because when you had good, normal people standing up and saying, "Hey, I just want a constitutional rule.'" You called them extremists when you had Mitt Romney named as the worst guy in the world, an evil mongering. I mean, the guy was progressive. He gave Massachusetts health care. He was the worst guy in the world. When you continue to reject those people and you're not listening to the American people who are like, look, I'm trying to be reasonable here. You're going to get somebody who says, sit down and shut up. Now, I don't like it. I warned against it. But that is what's happening. And media, you're only making it worse. Now, the debate is whether they're an enemy of the people. No, they're not an enemy of the people. Ignorance is an enemy of the people. Apathy is an enemy against the people. Those are both self-imposed. Now, you could make the case to me that when it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and, you know, if you saw the movie The Washington Post, there was no way to release the Pentagon Papers if the Post didn't do it or the New York Times didn't do it. Nobody else would. Well, you don't have that problem now. Why are we at, why are we at the height of our ignorance? There was a new, new poll out that showed... Um, our scientific knowledge as a people, we are um, at the highest level uh, of ignorance of science since like 1870, 1860. Our failure to understand basic science is at about 90%. That's slavery. And here we are living in this technological world that is is bound by science and we don't know it that's our fault that is our fault you don't know how things work today it is your fault because you can find it you can find out how to do anything online so we have to stop assigning blame to other people if you can't 
If you say, well, look what CNN is doing. Why are you watching CNN? I got news for you. Very few people are. Very few people are. Now, I understand it's important to point it out. I'm only pointing it out because, I mean, I, you know, I I send every tweet that I make comment about CNN, I send it to CNN. I'm making the comment to them. Wake up. Wake up. What is wrong with you? But I don't need we don't need to talk about CNN every day. Their their ratings are like 700,000 viewers, 700,000. That's about double the ratings that I had when I was on headline news. Are you kidding me? And much less than Fox and certainly the radio. Oh, show yeah, we had three. We had three million a night at Fox. I mean, it was crazy. And I think like assigning blame is one thing, but uh, uh, assigning control of the way you react is another we can't, I, I, can't, I hear so many people go down this road of like, well, of course we're doing this because they're doing this to us. And it's like, well, that's you handing control of your life to CNN. Yep. That's you handing control of your life to the media, which we all have major problems with. Why yep. would we want them to make decisions for yep. us? They don't cause you to react in a certain way. You choose how you react. Look, we are, we, we, we are in the fight of the republic's life. We are. We are. But our biggest enemy is ignorance and apathy. How many of your friends do you know that can actually talk to you intelligently about the Bill of Rights? How many people, how many of our citizens, our fellow us, how many of us can actually defend Adam Smith's capitalism? How many of us understand that it's not just wealth of nations, it's also moral sentiments? That was his first book. We only study one, and that is the problem. It's a two-volume set. We only follow the wealth of nations. How many do you know that can actually make the case for moral sentiments? Because that's critical. That's the problem. That's why capitalism is what it is. Dirty, shady, in some cases. You want to fix that? It's easy. Read moral sentiments. But we also have to stop saying that more voices is bad. It's not. The voices... If you didn't have Antifa, how weak would you be? If we didn't have Antifa, would you really have done your homework on... Mussolini, assuming you did Mussolini and and Adolf Hitler behind beside the black and white documentary. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I wouldn't understand truly the difference where the split in communism and national socialism happened. It's easy to defend when you can look at people like that and point to them and say they don't even know their own history. They don't even know their own history, and they also cannot define fascism because that's what they're doing. This was a debate when we had the Sedition Act. And the Sedition Act came just right after, uh, right after the Constitution. Just a few years later, the guys who wrote the Bill of Rights were like, yeah, well, they can't say that. And so there was a big debate. One of our founders, hey, he wrote, 
the Sedition Act appears to be directed against the falsehood and malice only. In fact, there are many truths important to society which are not susceptible of that full, direct, and positive evidence which alone can be exhibited before a court and a jury. Stu, yes or no, absolute fight to the death, yes, no, or maybe, was there collusion with Russia? Um, have. Wait. Absolutely yes. Absolutely no. Or maybe I don't know. Well, we don't know. Oh, okay. can release the report. Is yet. that how we're is that how we're fighting this? No. Right. Why aren't we fighting it that way? Saying we don't know. Yes. Well, I think we are. Yeah, no, I know, but generally, <laughs> generally speaking, speaking um, because you want to defend your guy. Now, I don't think that there's necessarily because you see. I think again, it causes reaction. CNN basically insinuates every night that they're absolutely, absolutely, absolutely they're happened. saying absolutely yes, right. So the reaction to that is say, "Where's your evidence? There's no evidence of that. It didn't happen." And so it's absolutely no, right. Uh, and so you get there's very little room for someone to say, "Well, wait a minute, we don't even the have of the report. We don't even have the facts. What are we arguing about? There's nothing has nothing right. hasn't come out yet. We're giving CNN power by arguing this." By arguing it, we just we should laugh at CNN. We should laugh at them. What do you do? Look at these clowns. They don't even realize it's hysterical. They don't even realize who they've turned into. They don't have any credibility. They came in ninth in a in a in a poll, not of conservatives, of everybody. They came in ninth, the ninth most credible news source. They were just ahead of Sinclair Broadcasting. Okay? They were just ahead. BBC. So, you know, well, that was conservative. No, BBC was number one. Fox News was number two. And I think either PBS or NPR was number three. They were ninth. If you could put the BBC and NPR up at the top of the list, there's some liberals in that. They're ninth. They're a joke. Okay. So he says, um, you know, there are other truths, many truths important to society, which are not susceptible of that full, direct and positive evidence, which alone can be exhibited before a jury and a court. So he's saying, look, you have to be able to have people say, I think this is true and it's not provable. He says, if a citizen were prosecuted for his opinion that the Sedition Act was unconstitutional, would not a jury composed of friends of the government find his criticism ungrounded, false and scandalous and his publication malicious? And by what kind of argument or evidence in the present temper of parties could the accused convince them that his opinions were true? So in other words, go ahead, go ahead, go to Facebook, go to YouTube, say, no, look, really, I think this is they're not going to listen. You really think they're going to listen? Go to CNN. I've done it. Talk to them. Look, this is true. They're not going to listen. No. So what this was, you, you cannot make truth the only factor in uh, defense of freedom. Because if you have truth, then you're going to have to say, well, jury, uh, do you agree? I mean, you know, that food, that's the best ever, right? No, no. I don't agree. 
it goes on. The repudiation of conventional ideas struck at the heart of the matter when Wormann challenged the concept of such a thing as criminal seditious libel. They concluded that such a crime would never be reconciled to the genius and constitution of a representative commonwealth. Now, think of this. That means how can a government say you can or cannot say these things? Who has a right in a country run by the people, not the collective, but the individual? In a country where the individual is in charge of his or her own life. How can a government play the master? If the government says, you can't say this about me. You can't make that charge. How dare you say those things? That makes the government the master of the people. When the people should be able to say, these people are full of crap. They're absolute liars. Who's in charge in that case? You are. We cannot ban or or want to get rid of any speech. In fact, Hay asserted this. Every citizen should have the right to say everything which his passions suggest. He may employ all of his time and all of his talents, if he's wicked enough to do so, in speaking against the government matters that are false, scandalous, and malicious. And despite this, should be safe within the sanctuary of the press, even if he condemns the principles of republic institutions, censors the the measures of our government and every department and officer thereof, and ascribes the measures of the former uh, and conduct of the latter, however upright, to the basis motives, even if he ascribes to them measures and acts which never even existed, <laughs> thus violating at once every principle of decency and truth. That is free speech absolutism. That's where I live. Yeah. That's where I live. Even if it's malicious, even if your intent is bad, it's Tell me that by Alex Jones Amendment. and what he has said about me and this program over bad. the years. His intent is bad. It is malicious. It's wrong. And it's protected. And it's protected. And if you don't think so, then why can't you fire an African-American if you wanted an all-white staff? I thought the Constitution was only to limit the government's powers. Oh, maybe there's something else there. All right. Hiring is a challenge. There is one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. It's where you can find uh, qualified candidates for the job. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. They'll send over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't uh, stop there. When you have a job posting, they'll send it out for you. But then they have powerful matching technology that scans thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience and then invite them to apply for your job. That's why it's so easy to find the right person really fast with ZipRecruiter. Try it out for free now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The smartest way to hire. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. So there is there is a lot to discuss about the uh, the election 
last night. Was there not? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that happened. The biggest uh, race was that uh, con- congressional special election in, in Ohio, Ohio that people were talking about. This yeah. is a, uh, it looks like the Republicans going to hold on there. It was a mm-hmm. uh, very close election. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still some provisional votes. I, you know, the Republicans are sort of claiming victory. Democrats are not conceding is where mm-hmm. we are right now. But mm-hmm. likely the Republican will hold on there. Now, this is a this is a race. This is a district that the Republicans have held since 1983. Right. So it's not normally close. Uh, but this one was very close. Uh, you know, a thousand or fifteen hundred votes, something like that. But there's still some really, really good. I mean, that's good news. Uh, but there's also some really good news about even the Democrats that won. Yeah, the Democrats. A lot of the Ocasio Cortez slash Sanders. No, no, no. Side. no, no. Say it right. Democratic Socialists? No, say it right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No, no. You said a lot of. Everyone <laughs> okay. she endorsed. Okay, I thought you were... Everyone <laughs> she endorsed. Yes, lost. Uh, and that is a good thing, I guess. Um, you know, it, so you have more of the classic, we're hiding the progress towards socialism, Democrats, rather than the, we're saying we are socialist Democrats, which yeah, is a, it's it's an interesting different, uh, it's a little shade of the same flavor. Yeah. Uh, but it's. Uh, but at least it shows, it shows what the, remember that Democratic poll that came out from the center of the country? Uh, it was yeah. it was done by the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, you've got to stop going so radical. Don't stop it. Yeah, that's not where the Democrats are in the center of the country. It proved that out last night. And we heard that on MSNBC the other day. We yeah. got to find another word for socialist. Yeah, because people we want these things. But the socialism is a bad word. Well, no, the socialism is defined by the bad things. So look out. It's going back undercover again. I presume we'll give you all the details coming up. Glenn Beck. Unbeknownst to most of us, Christians in China are facing a wide-scale persecution of religious liberties in the name now of communist doctrine. It is beginning again. Christianity is the fastest-growing religion in China with nearly 67 million Christians, but China is officially an atheist state, and the Chinese government now has ramped up measures to eradicate Christianity in China. Quote, Chinese leaders have always been suspicious of the political challenge or the threat that Christianity poses to the communist regime, said a scholar of Christianity at Duke University. Under Z, the the fear of Western infiltration has intensified and gained a prominence that we haven't seen for a long, a long time. End quote. The Associated Press led an investigation, published their findings in an article titled For God or for Party, China's Christians Faith's Face test of faith in which the author notes that quote children and party members are banned from churches in some areas at at least one township uh, they have encouraged christians to replace posters of jesus with portraits of president g some christians have resorted to holding services in secret the government now has um, uh, closed hundreds of private churches over the past few months And authorities have begun to seize Bibles and religious paintings and crucifixes. Quote, a dozen Chinese Protestants interviewed by the Associated Press ascribe gatherings that are raided, interrogations and surveillance. One pastor said hundreds of his congregants were questioned individually about their faith. After reports, um, after reporters visited uh, Henan in June, Some interviewees said they were contacted by the police or local officials who urged them not to discuss any new measures around Christianity, according to the Associated Press. At its heart, this is a fight 
again against the Western ideals, the Judaic Christian West, in which the Chinese government continues to believe is a threat to their communist regime. And it should be. Now, this is part of what the Chinese president has described as the effort to uh, sinicize all of the nation's religions by infusing them with Chinese characteristics. Sinicize, what does that mean, Stu? Without, no, don't look it up. Don't look it up. In this context, what does that mean? It means to make Chinese in form or practice. <laughs> what? No, it's, no it's, it sounds a little textbook. How, but, how, do, uh, you, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Sinicize. So, but it's it, in this, yes, I guess they're trying to. How, how do you pronounce it again? Signy size. That's what I there said. Okay. Signy size. <laughs> Willie, we had to learn that before we went on the air. Uh, it, it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to make um, the Judeo-Christian world, uh, the, the churches of the Judeo-Christian world, more Chinese. Well, China is atheist. That's why, just as Hitler did, they are replacing the pictures of Jesus Christ on the altars with President Xi. Great, isn't it? Willie Lam, a uh, Chinese politics expert, University of Hong Kong, describes President Xi as a uh, as a closet Maoist. He's very anxious about thought control. He definitely does not want people to be faithful members of the church because then people would profess their allegiance to the church rather than to the party or the president himself. This whole thing is reminiscent of the early days of Christianity. But any of our older members of our audience might remember this is very reminiscent of what happened in Nazi Germany and then again under Mao in communist China. It's Wednesday, August 8th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If we are destroyed, disabled, or um, impudent because of our spending, who stands for freedom? Who stands for the Muslims that are women that, you know, want to be a part of Islam, but would also like to have a job, drive a car, be considered something more than something that would just soil your honor or the family's honor if I don't get married when I'm nine to something my dad sold me to. Who stands up for that person? Is it going to be Canada? This is a serious question. Is it going to be Canada? Or is Canada strong enough to hold the torch of freedom? This is the one thing that we have in our bones. We have it in our bones. It's individual liberty. And that's why this collectivism thing, assuming that we are not too late with the university system and our own children. Um, it, it's, it's bred into us. We, there is something different about us. I was watching this show on the BBC um, over the weekend. It, it's, a, it's an older show. It's called The Hour. Comes from like, I don't know, 2011 or 12. You should watch it, Stu. I, I think everybody, if you, if, you, um, if you like good dramas, I mean, there's something about BBC. All of it, it used to be horrible. Right? Is it just me? It was like all upstairs, downstairs crap. And it's like. <laughs> um, and then they started to get good. Yeah. Um, and they've done things like Sherlock. And 
You love it. Every every show they air, you watch. I no, I don't. Like. No, I don't. I can't watch things like people have tried to turn me on to like, you know, some of their other shows. There, there's only a handful of shows that I like. They're they're just cutting edge enough that I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their stuff is still like, you know, why? Why? The captain is riding his steed <laughs> in to say, oh, shut up. Okay. Um, so so uh, no boat related shows you're not going to watch. I'm not going to like anyway. Um, uh, but this show is called The Hour. And really well done. It takes place in the 1950s television. And they're, it's at the BBC. And they're trying to do uh, a kind of like a 60 minutes, which had never been done before in, in Great Britain. Well, it shows the censors, the BBC government censors that are in all of the meetings and in the hallways and watching every show going, you're not going to say that. No, 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 no. You're not saying that. You're not releasing that. No, 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 no. It's news. Everybody else is printing it. No, you're not saying that. And all of the stuff Mm. they have to go through for funding and everything else, it just really makes you appreciate the freedom that we have here that apparently nobody really appreciates. But this is happening again. It's sweeping the world again. President of China is is Mao. They're they're going to try to wipe out Christianity and who will stand. We have such a responsibility not to be heated, not to be outraged at every little thing, but to be measured. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, in the past, what, how would you control something like that? There were murders, there were imprisonments and that stuff still goes on. But they're in the middle of implementing, I was just reading uh, part of your book as we're going through it, uh, Addicted to Outrage, and you talk about the social credit system uh, that's being Have implemented in China now. Have you gotten to the prison system now. yet? Uh, Have you gotten to that part yet? Uh, trying to think oh, of, my gosh. The, the, they are building. Possibly. I don't yeah, know. They are building. Yeah. They, yeah yes, they're yes. building literal concentration camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and nobody's talking about it. Right. Nobody's talking about it. But the social credit scheme is a little bit more subtle, right? Yeah. Like a concentration camp is a heavy-handed iron fist sort of policy where the the social credit scheme, which is already being implemented and should be fully implemented by 2020, gives it if you are let's say the uh, speaking religion out of turn when you're not supposed to. Well, it's not even it's not even that. If I had Christian friends, and I was communicating with them, mm-hmm. I could get my social credit score ruined. Yeah, it reminds me of, I was watching a little bit of uh, the um, uh, the Scientology thing that, uh, what's her face is doing? Uh, God, the King of Queens, um, Leah Remini. Okay. She was a Scientologist for many her whole life, okay, basically, yeah. and she, you know, wound up leaving, and so she has a series out about of mm. how that's, uh, how what that departure's like, what yeah. they do, and that's exactly what she describes, in that these people leave Scientology, and it's not just about them leave, uh, uh, about the effects on them. They never get to speak to their children again. Mm-hmm. You know, they they are they are excommunicated so far that if their children, who are still in the church, talk to them, then they receive punishment. They receive the punishment, and that is a really effective tactic. It's every mob movie will teach you. It's very good, uh, and so that's not a it's not a good thing. But look at what they're look at the heavy handedness of that. I mean, it's a it's another thing. And I don't know who protects you. You talked about Canada. I mean, Canada was largely built on people who were loyal to the crown. Yes. Right. They went in the middle of the revolution. And some people said, yeah, let's fight for this place. And some people said, "Eh, let's stick with Britain. Most of those people went to Canada. There's a there's a theory out there that it's there's a one of the greatest 
political experiments in history has happened between Canada and the United States, in which all the same people from the same stock with all the same characteristics came to one area. Wow, I never thought of it that way. and, And some chose... To go and stick that way, you know, with the stick with the crown and see how that played out. Well, that played out like Canada. And so, which people, isn't bad. No, it's good. It's still yeah. good. It's a great place. Uh, you know, I mean, it's Canada's a great place. But if you had to choose, I know which one I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. And you see that they went with nationalized health care and they went with large socialist programs and they haven't been able to compete economically uh, with the United States. They, you know, and they've been benef- they benefited from the the essential partnership that we have Mm -hmm. in many ways, but it's still a great place. It's still great people. And there's a lot of great things to say about it. But I mean, if I'm going to choose, I'm I'm choosing the United States. And I think the way that played out shows a little bit about the differences when you decide to choose large government versus smaller government, when you try to, you know, when you have the entrepreneurial people uh, who might be a little bit more aggressive in that fashion? And what do they turn a country into? Yeah, America is just not prepared to live under the speech laws mm-hmm. that everybody else has. We're just not. We're just not. We are not cut from that cloth. This whole political correctness thing to scare us uh, away from saying things, it, it's, it's, it's not American. It's just not in our DNA yeah. to be that way. I've got a right to say what I want to say. Who are you to tell me no? And it's that conflict that I think is really, um, really grating at us. You know, there's a couple of things, you know, we're talking about China. Try this. Columbia Journalism Review. This is from Columbia University. There have been multiple sessions in Congress over the past year looking at the failures of digital platforms such as Facebook, Google, and Twitter, including the failure to limit the action of trolls spreading misinformation during campaigns. But there have been very few concrete proposals from the government on how to deal with that or with the virtual monopoly platforms have on certain types of information and how they should handle user privacy. Senator Mark Warner, Democrat, hopes to fill that gap with a policy discussion paper he's been circulating in governmental and tech circles, according to a report from Axios. The proposals in the paper are wide ranging and in some cases even politically impossible and raise almost as many questions as they try to answer. So what they're trying to do now is to regulate the um, the social media platform now. Who's been the main victim of social media uh, smears, really? Oh, those uh, of, of social media smears or the companies? No, the, no the, the trolls. Who's been the who's really the victim here? Right, left or both? Yeah, I think everybody. OK, I think everybody. Of, of right? Trolls on the Internet. Yes. Correct. Crosses party lines. <laughs> yeah, crosses party lines. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not big enough to handle that, well, then you're not big enough to push the on switch to your phone. Mm-hmm. You you need to understand you have a responsibility. So what they want to do is take the responsibility away and and give it to government to make sure that they're monitoring everything um, online and deciding now who's going to decide this, which speech is hateful and which isn't. Now you can say all you want if you're on the left currently. Currently you will say, well, hate speech is is so obvious, so obvious. You have to be a moron not to see it. OK, all right. Can I just remind you that we were just a country that you believed was so hateful that we were keeping gays in a closet? Can I remind you of the 1950s and the Red Scare? 
I mean, the Red Scare scares me. And I don't like communism. I'm glad I did not live in the 1950s because I probably would have gone to jail because that is terrifying to me that this country did that. You don't think that could happen again? And for anybody who says this about, you know, Donald Trump, well, Donald Trump, 43 percent now of Republicans say Donald Trump can uh, should be able to take out the members of the press with bad behavior, bad behavior. Let's remind you, he's not king. He's not going to be president forever. Somebody else is going to use that same power. The same things we argued when Obama over was in over. to the left. And we said, hey, you know all these fancy new powers you're finding in the Oval Office? These things that you yourself said you couldn't do and now all of a sudden you're doing? So now, The here, next guy you might not like so much. So, so let's just put this into perspective. Do you really think that the next, the next um, progressive Democrat isn't going to try to limit your free speech if you per, if you proceed and say we should limit free speech you don't think that they're going to let me give you a couple examples you have this now this white paper they're starting to circulate this by the way most people don't know this the patriot act was uh, circulated in the 1990s and if i may quote this article uh it uh, in some cases it is even politically impossible to get it passed. Patriot Act found a way to pass that, didn't they? So same thing that's happening here. Also, let me give you this. Notice nobody in the press is talking about Bill de Blasio. Mm. Bill de Blasio said, if you could remove News Corps from the last 25 years of American history, we'd be a different place. Yes. Yes, he's right. But there's no comparison between a progressive critique of America and overwhelmingly corporate media. By the way, when a president who doesn't believe in free speech is trying to undermine the norms of democracy, Bill de Blasio is saying that, um, you know, there if if we could just get rid of Fox News. We'd be a better place. Stu, tell me about the senator from Connecticut. Uh, Chris Murphy, uh, he big proponent of freedom on the Internet, big net neutrality guy. So just so you know, the net neutrality people are coming from the right position. But here's what he said about the Infowars situation. Infowars is the tip of a giant iceberg of hate and lies that uses sites like Facebook and YouTube to tear our nation apart. These companies must do more than take down one website. The survival of our democracy depends on it. Right now, Facebook, YouTube, everybody else, they are being advised by people like the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they're being um, advised by people like Media Matters on what hate speech is. Who is a hater? Who's a who's danger? Who's not? Do you believe that? We have to be people that stand up for the most vile voices. You have to. Because if you don't, they will come for ours. If you watch, it won't be long before the next target. They've just done this with Alex Jones. And quite honestly, they're trying to intimidate Twitter. Hats off to Twitter. Twitter won't take him down because they say he hasn't violated any of our standards. If he does, we will. Now, I can't believe he hasn't. Well, he hasn't, according to Twitter. 
and they're trying to bully them into joining the club. And so far they haven't. But once they finish with him, who's next? You just heard it from a senator in Connecticut. It's the tip of the iceberg. All right, Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe just this summer was invited uh, to bring one of their safes up uh, to the White House. There's this great picture of this big, beautiful white safe sitting in. Uh, I don't even know what room that is in the White House. And uh, Mike Pence is going through it. They, they were participating in the Made in America product showcase at the White House. There were only 50 companies that were allowed one from each state. And Liberty Safe was uh, brought in because their product is just unbelievable. They showed their huge presidential 50 safe. Vice President uh, Pence said it was um, uh, just spectacularly beautiful, which it is. Um, and it is a secure place to keep your guns or your documents. Liberty Safe. I want you to buy Liberty Safe now if you're in the market for something that protects your documents or your guns. Keep them safe in a Liberty Safe. LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. I think some really good news um, that, uh, I don't know, restores a little bit of faith in America, uh, for me at least. Uh, it comes from the election last night, the primaries, uh, which you're not hearing an awful lot about, I'm sure, uh, in the press today, because they don't have a lot to gloat about, especially if you were a socialist. Uh, and we'll give you the full update on what happened yesterday in the primaries next. Okay, at the at the Netroots convention, uh, it's all settled. Uh, it looks like the 2020 contender for Donald Trump from the Democrats is going to be Elizabeth Warren, which I, for one, welcome. Yeah, if you want uh, Donald Trump to have another term, uh, yeah, Elizabeth that's... Warren's a dream for you. It's yeah, she's basically a, a more liberal Hillary. You know, she's she's mm. just as bad a candidate as mm-hmm. Hillary is. She's not. You know, she just has more Sanders cred where like a Joe again people make fun of Joe Biden but Joe Biden is a is a wily guy mm-hmm. he's, he's a he, fighter he is he will he is the only candidate the Democrats have currently this is my belief the only candidate the Democrats have currently that can throw punches with Donald Trump I agree because he will I mean and it would be fun to watch it would be a, a again if you're in this for entertainment yeah the Trump if you're Biden's if you're from another fun. country and you're yeah. like I don't care if America <laughs> survives or not it's a fun one to watch because they will they will fire back at oh, each yeah. other they yeah, yeah. you know they don't he will he will be successful in the point of he will not get pushed around like Hillary constantly just like gave that little look and that little shrug and I can't believe this guy over here can you believe it is the thing I'm supposed to say according to focus groups that's not Joe Biden he comes mm-hmm. off as largely uh able to you know work in that world no, I was thinking when you said he comes off largely I was thinking creepy very creepy. Uh, but, Very uh, creepy. You know, maybe that wasn't the. Mm-hmm. It would word be the creepiest race of all it time. W- <laughs> it really would be. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but they're they're looking at you know Elizabeth Warren, and I welcome that, especially based on what happened uh, last night. Now it was not a great night for uh, Republicans. It wasn't a great night for Democrats, but it was a horrible night for Democratic socialists. Yeah. Oh, no. What a terrible thing. Well, you know what? I'm com- you said I, something about an hour ago yeah. that made me rethink. I was really, really optimistic uh, about this. But now that only means that they're going to go back underneath, you know, put their mask back on. We'll see. I mean, the, the energy is still on the far left. I'm part of me would like them 
to be winning these primaries, the, the socialists, yeah. because then you're going with a socialist who's yes. saying they're a socialist and, and they're open can, about it. We can go through the money. Vox, by the way, left wing yeah, site, I know, went through I know. this and found over the next 30 years, the total of these of the plans uh, proposed by Ocasio-Cortez and, and Sanders run at two hundred and eighteen trillion dollars, which is a tad more than we have. <laughs> um, and so I think uh, there's a an argument that I'd rather have that debate. I'd rather have a Sanders versus constitutionalist yeah. debate. Mike Lee, uh, uh, Sanders, Ted Cruz, Sanders. I'm I'm all. For I would it. love that yeah, because then too. you're talking about two honest people who embrace their philosophies. Don't try to hide them. Don't try to be underground. Don't uh, take little tiny steps towards their goals. They say what they want. Yeah. And they go for it. Because that's where we are. That's where the American people are. That's we, what the American we, people at least say they want. Yes. And we're there. We Look, we have a choice. We can either go back to the Constitution or we can go towards, you know, socialism, communism, totalitarianism, whatever it is. Uh, we can go that direction one way or another. Uh, why don't we just have that debate? So all of the all of the masks came off recently. Uh, and uh, they started, um, you know, touting all of these democratic socialists because we're all socialists now. Apparently not. Apparently not. Do you have any of the uh, races and how far of a blowout they were in some of them? Uh, I can guess that. that yeah. Um, of course, I just I mean, some, it. some of them were, you know, fifth place. And these were the these are the ones that uh, Ocasio Cortez. I mean, you want to talk about from zero to hero to zero again. It's still, I mean, look, it's early. She's going to win her race. There's yeah, almost no her race. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. doubt about that. She's going to. But if she would have, if those races would have won, we'd be having a massively different conversation. Yeah, you'd have a big argument to say, okay, the left is really going that way. And I, I kind of wish, again, kind of wish they would. Um, but uh, let's say uh, uh, Abdul Al-Sayed, he was the, uh, 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 was the uh, candidate in Michigan. Michigan. For governor, mm-hmm. that was kind of the Sanders esque candidate, mm-hmm. uh, did not win. Uh, then uh, Ohio moderate Democrat uh, who rejects things like uh, a Medicare for all and abolish ICE uh, and tuition free college, uh, almost won the House district that Republicans have held for thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that almost worked there, and still it's it's not entirely decided. But I think the Republicans going to hold that there. But remember, that's a Democrat that was moderate. Uh, right, that's what I mean. Yeah. So the de- the moderate the moderate performed well. Yes. The uh, as Sanders esque <laughs> performed poorly in Michigan, as absolutely expected by everyone except for the Democrats and the media. Two established backed candidates also beat self styled Bernie Kratz in Michigan House primaries. The Kansas second with former Bernie Sanders staffer Brett Welder um, facing Sharice Davids is too close to call, though Davids appears to be ahead. Uh, so it's one of those things where every there was no wins for the socialist left yesterday. You can look at that both ways. I think if you're looking at it from a uh, a Republican or conservative perspective, it's kind of a bad thing because they're going to go back underground. They're a they're going to go back underground, and b the the people who aren't socialists have a better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some of these races where you go to a race where it's a hard blue sort of district. You know, if you're on the Democratic side, you want the socialist in there, right? You want them to win. And the fact that they, they might lose some of those districts is a bad thing for them. But again, the more this can be outed, I think the better. 
The more that people will outwardly come out and talk about a, a policy that costs $218 trillion, with major caveats, by the way, $218 trillion does not cause, is massively understates the cost of their uh, universal jobs program and does not include at all the universal housing program that they they want and also leaves everybody hungry as far as my, my math goes because there's no universal food program here that you right. know is going to have to come at some point if the economy starts destroy, destroying itself. It is, it's, it's, it's remarkable how many trillions of dollars this costs every single year. It doesn't include a universal internet. It doesn't include a lot of the big things they talk about all the time. But those are you know, pennies on the dollar when you're talking. So what do you think dollars. happens from here? What was the what was the original prediction? Uh, I was on Fox and I said, uh, we just found that audio, didn't we? Do we have that audio? Yeah, we had it a few days ago. I don't think it's ready at the moment, but we can put it together. Um, Sarah, see if you can find it. Um, because I was on Fox and uh, do you remember the setup? Because it was it was I was talking about, I think, President Obama. And how they were just, you know, denying, denying, denying that this is what they really wanted. And it was true. And I I got really frustrated. I said, you know, at some point, they're just going to take the mask off and they're just going to say, you know, capitalism doesn't work. And I still think that can happen. And I. I, Well, it is happening. No, no, no. I I know that. I I mean. (sighs) That they were going to stand on that and really make the case and possibly win. I'm not sure, based on last night, I'm not sure that's a winnable argument yet in America. But we are also having really good job numbers, really good growth. Right now, the economy feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. If we would hit a, a major bump in the road, I think that election goes a different way. I think when you're talking about major societal change like this, you don't just win, right? You have to... You have to establish yourself as the alternative first. So the fact that we have, let's say, capitalism now, and you might have people saying socialism, 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 and they're not going to, they might not win now, but as you just pointed out, and this has happened throughout history, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just like, oh, there's two competing parties and one takes over. When, once there becomes this decision that the way you hear the argument enough that the thing that would save us is socialism. When there's a reason to be saved, people look around and they find the only other thing they've heard of. And in this case, it would be socialism. We saw that that happened in, you know, Nazi Germany, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was, Nazism didn't come in and just win the, oh, that's a great idea. We should go with that. It wasn't until there was real strife and people looked around and said, holy crap, we have nothing. Wait, that one guy was saying he could solve it. And then they went to Hitler, right? That is a, it's happened throughout history in many, many countries, that being obviously, as usual, the most extreme example to make the point. But the situation here, if socialism can grab a foothold and say, this is a legitimate here's a, second option, here's when a, option one fi- fails, that's where people turn. Here's a, better, here's a better example of that, and that is England. England had gone through two wars. It, people couldn't afford things. They couldn't, they couldn't afford to rebuild and the hospitals, you know, bills and everything else. And so and Churchill was dead set against it. This is this is not us. This is not a Western philosophy. This is not the way to solve this in a capitalist free society. Well, people were hurting too bad from the war. I mean, they were really, really struggling. And so the the country went socialist. That's why England is in the shape that it's in today. That's why their hospitals are in the shape today. 
And it didn't come through somebody saying, oh, you know what? This is just so much better than and everything was fine. It came at a time when people were really struggling. Yeah. Uh, and that's dangerous. You know, th- this is why, again, we f- fight about principles all the time, because in the moment, anything feels good. You can always be convinced by somebody that the, that the, mm-hmm. the today's situation is different. We were talking about the media the other day uh, about how, um, you know, whether you want to advocate for someone to be removed from the Internet, whether you want to advocate for someone to be fired from their job for a joke they made in the past. And if you reverse that and you look at it from a different perspective, do you still feel the same way? The key there, though, is implementing that policy when the when the situation turns around. If you're out there defending some liberal who made some joke, some writer you just hired, or some actor that you like, and they made a joke about the right, and and you want them thrown off the, uh, some people are saying throw them off the internet, and you're saying no, come on, this is just a joke. Remember that phrasing next time a conservative gets accused, mm-hmm. and that's a principle, right? It's a principle you can. Always find someone who will come to you and say, this time is different because dot, dot, dot. There's always someone who's going to come up to you and say that. Everyone around you, all your friends are going to tell you, of course I agreed with you last time, but this time is different because X, Y, and Z. You have to resist that temptation. That's why That's why Alex Jones is such a good example. Oh, he is so vile. He's the worst. Yeah. I mean, and we are we have a very long, almost 20-year record of of standing against him uh and and what he does and what he says i mean he's just a vile individual back in the day when 51 percent of democrats believed alex jones's theories about bush being involved in 9-11 that was that was who he is it's who he was he was working with socialists like cynthia mckinney on these projects he's no right winger he's about he's as right wing as the alt-right that's who yes. this guy is. Yes. And the fact that he's con- continually lumped in with the right is something to really point out and be frustrated over. But the idea that you can go and take him off whether he's left or right, it's just not the right move. It is an allowable move. It is a move that Facebook and all these organizations can do. It is their prerogative, I believe. However, they shouldn't do it. Or... I believe that they should just be very clear as to what exactly he violated. Uh, that That is a content-driven, uh, contributor-driven website. That's a platform. And so I go and put my stuff on the platform. You can't just make arbitrary rules mm-hmm. because you're affecting my business. Yeah. Okay? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock in that that business is stable. You can't arbitrarily say, oh, nope, you're out, you're in. I want to know what the rules are. I want to know them very clearly because my business will not violate them unless they start to violate our principles. And then, of course, we will. And here's the rule. Uh, don't become a pain in the ass to the company. That is what's happened here. It's got not honestly like people are like, oh, well, he's saying bad things about uh, liberals and that's why he's taken off. That's not true. He's just a pain in the ass to Facebook. He, Facebook is being dragged in front of congressional hearings. He, they're being pressured. They're being hassled. They don't want to deal with it. And that's why they pulled the, the same thing with Apple. Yeah, they you can don't say want that. to deal with yes, it. Yes, you're right. You're right. But you can say that all you want. But it's not necessarily with him. It is um, with with others. It's oh. not. We're not trying to be a pain in the ass. But believe me. With the money Media Matter spends, we're a pain in the ass to them, too. And the way I phrase that is more critical of these companies. I yeah. don't mean it in that, like, 
because you're right. It's completely impossible to decide Subjective. what's going to make that make you a pain in the ass. Yep. But they, the, the idea that they dropped him for any actual content reason is ridiculous. It has nothing to do with him harassing anybody. It has nothing to do with him being a lunatic, changed, which he is. What changed yeah. from the last 20 years? Yeah, he, what changed? He, he, it just people have brought it to her attention. They're sick of dealing with it. And this, yes, this will give them short-term hassles of their policies, but long-term, they will no longer have to deal with these questions And I have a feeling, though, yep, they, because they will move on. These social justice warriors oh, yes. and media matters, etc., will move on to the next one. All right. Middle of the night, tossing and turning. You're not sleeping, drenched and covered in sweat. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, I, may I suggest that if you're tossing and turning, you're not getting a good night's sleep in the first place. If you are drenched in sweat... And you have an air conditioner, then you probably have a heat trapping mattress. I hate foam mattresses because of that. Casper has redesigned the foam mattress. I mean, this is their this is their own formula, and it's it it I don't know how, but it's a breathable foam, so it doesn't trap all of that body heat in the bed. You're gonna feel um, refreshed. You're gonna feel cool all night, and you're gonna sleep all the way through. Now, try this out for 100 nights. Don't take my word for it. And, you know, you don't go to a, a store and just flop around in your clothes for 20 minutes, if that, uh, on a mattress. You don't know. You're going to need to sleep on it night after night after night. So that's what Casper does. They don't have a showroom. They just ship it to your house. You try it. Try it out for 100 nights. If you don't love it, ship it back. Now, they ship it back. They come and pick it up. So you don't have to worry about any of that. Sleep cool and comfortable. Sleep the night through. Go to Casper.com and use the promo code Beck. Casper.com, promo code Beck. $50 off the purchase of your select mattress at Casper.com, promo code Beck. Terms and conditions do apply. So Grand Theft Auto V. Grand Theft Auto V, the video game. uh, It's been out for five years. Mm -hmm. Still like number three on the video game charts after five years. Wow. Has sold 90 million copies. Has taken in more money than any movie in history. Over $6 billion for this game, which they continue to keep updating uh, and is still selling as if it was a brand new release. 90 million copies. Unbelievable. Same. Who 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 wrote that program? I I I think I'm related. No, really? I do. <laughs> oh my I God, think I'm related. Wow. Yeah. Glenn Beck. This was the sound in Iran. Protests in the streets, thousands chanting, not death to America, but death to the dictator. Not death to Israel, death to the dictator. Now, we've seen protests against the Iranian regime in the past. 2009, during the Obama administration, seemed like the sounds of uh, you know regime change were blowing in the wind, but nothing ever materialized in many ways because the White House, I think, um, undercut that, showed them that they were alone. But now that we've dropped the sanctions, bailing out the mullahs with billions, uh, now that we've stopped doing that, maybe things will change. Something different has been happening over the last week. The protests in 2009 were made up mostly of the youth, but young and old alike are now hitting the streets and death to the dictator. You got to remember, there is no Bill of Rights in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Saying things like that means your death. But they're doing it anyway. So now why are they taking this risk? I do believe it's because President Trump scrapped the nuke deal. 
ever since he started hinting about that, the Real, which is their dollar, lost 99% of its value. Imagine that. Now being traded on the black market at 112,000 to 1 U.S. dollar. Iranians are rushing to gold dealers to save what little they have before it all comes crashing down. The demand for gold in Iran and Venezuela has tripled. The price of food has shot up 50%. Water shortages are breaking out all over the country. Women continue to be arrested uh, you know, for getting caught outside without a headscarf. This is not going to end well for the regime. The Iranian people have been pushed to the brink. They are sick and tired of seeing all of the sanction money that was freed up after the nuke deal uh, flow to group like, uh, groups like Hezbollah. They're spending the money that we gave them, as we said they would, with Hezbollah, Hamas, and the war in Syria instead of their own people. There was a frustrated bus driver in Iran. He said this via Twitter. How dare the regime sends money, send money to Hezbollah and the Palestinians when our country is in trouble? Our revolution's aim wasn't to support dirty Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, while being oppressed here. Enough is enough. The first wave of snapback sanctions went into effect yesterday. More sanctions target the country's oil industry. They hit in November. Things are going to escalate. The civil unrest is on the rise. There will be crackdowns and people will die. I hope we keep the Iranians in our prayers. The Iranian regime has been a hostile adversary of the United States since 1979. They have been a root of many of the problems in the Middle East and around the world. And if the Iranian people successfully take their country back, this is a group of people in the Arab world that understand democracy and freedom. And that could change things for the better very soon. It's Wednesday, August 8th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Really excited to have Elizabeth hang on. Uh, Elizabeth is uh, running for which district here? The 16th district in California, congressional candidate. Um, is she is really the the right answer to um, uh, Alexandria. Uh, what's her name? Alexander Cortez, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, um, who kind of bottomed out uh, yesterday. Um, Elizabeth has a remarkable story, and I think it's so remarkable and effective that uh, Facebook decided to ban the video. And uh, do we have a piece of the video? Play a little bit of the video. Do we have a piece or not? No? Um, Elizabeth is here, so she can just tell us what was on the video. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank Um, you so much for having me today. You bet. You bet. First of all, are you, your family, or any of your potential uh, constituents affected by the fire? Um, no, actually. Um, okay. but the, in the constituents, yes. I mean, the air quality here is so b- bad right now. I think on the AQI, um, I just looked at it this morning, it was like 156 um, for air quality outside. Well, our, our uh, prayers are uh, with everybody in California and the firefighters. Um, okay, so uh, Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Thank you. Yes, happy to. So, um, you know, my name's Elizabeth Hang, and I'm running for 
Congress here in California, Congressional District 16. I grew up here in the Central Valley. I went to college at Stanford. I ended up coming back to the Valley to work with my brothers to create jobs here in the Valley. We opened up a number of cellular cellular franchises, T-Mobile in particular, up and down California. But at the time, I saw firsthand how government regulations truly impacted job creation for us here in California. And this is back when the financial crisis happened, the health care bill passed, and I was really frustrated with what was coming out of Washington, D.C. at the time. And therefore, I thought to myself, I was so fortunate to have gone to university. Uh, I could go to Stanford University, and I was student body president there, but I didn't know a single person in politics. So I decided to go to Washington, D.C. Um, to go learn the legislative process. I ended up going to being in D.C. on and off for about six years, working for um, a conservative member in Congress, Ed Royce, down in Orange, mm-hmm. California, Orange County, um, working on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, at the uh, uh, by the end of my time on Capitol Hill, I actually became one of the directors for this last presidential inauguration, and um, I saw and, and it was opportunity of a lifetime to work on the peaceful transfer of power. My job was to oversee thousands of movements um, uh, to make sure that we uh, we inaugurated our next president of the, of the United States for President Trump, and oversee 450 congressional staffers. One incredible thing that I want a story that I want to share with you. And I remember being in when all of these movements were taking place. Um, I remember Clinton had just arrived. Bush had just arrived. There was a lot of excitement on Capitol Hill. um, And my brother posted something to Facebook. He said, 33 years ago, my parents came to the United States as penniless refugees. Today, they're sitting on the platform with the next president of the United States of America. Hashtag progress. I realized at that moment that nowhere in this world would that have been possible. And it's why I continue to dedicate my life to the service of this country. Um, And after that experience, and I was actually doing grad school at the same time, I was flying back from Washington, D.C. to New Haven to go to Yale uh, to getting my business degree every other weekend for two years. One thing I would say, (laughs) one thing I would say is that uh, uh, never run the, uh, be one of the directors for inauguration and go to grad school full time. (laughs) time. Uh, Wait a minute. Hang on just a second. (laughs) I would think for more than one reason, not only you tired all the time, but I bet if anybody found out you weren't real popular at Yale. I was not that popular. Yes. 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 Well, (laughs) neither was I. you know, I went in, uh, you know, conservative. I came out more conservative. Yep. Uh, it was, but it was a lot of fun. I, I really got to fine tune, you know, you know, free market principles yeah. and, you know, my, uh, you know, and Milton Friedman concepts um, and how I do believe that that's the reason our country is great and why I'll continue to sort of defend those ideologies. So, um, so Elizabeth, tell me about Facebook and, and what happened because you, your, your video um, it just tells the story of your parents. Correct, correct. Um, when I decided to run for Congress, a big part of my message was great things can come from great adversity. You know, um, as I mentioned sort of uh, earlier, my parents, uh, my parents are from Cambodia. 
They lived through, they survived genocide there and came to the United States as legal refugees. For some reason, Facebook didn't like that story. And last week, they revoked my ability to um, uh, advertise uh, that message. And yesterday, they decided, oh, no, no, wait, wait, sorry, we're not shadow blocking you at all. That, That was a total mistake. And that's absolutely maddening to me, right? To feel like my story is being silenced on Facebook or any other pl- public platform because censoring the voices of Americans who have different viewpoints or just want to tell their story isn't right and Facebook needs to be held accountable. The only thing they said to me yesterday was, I apologize for the confusion here. The, you know, and what is ridiculous about that is that had I been a liberal from, say, Los Angeles, this would have never happened. Um, and and, you know, I, it was ridiculous that it took five days and a national movement for them to say, oh, by the way, I apologize for the confusion here. What about everybody else who are not able to get a national movement? You know, uh, it's so incredibly important to, on these, for these liberal tech giants uh, to have like diversity in political thought otherwise if we don't are if we allow these tech giants to be able to censor conservative voices um that's a problem here um I think, and i do you think it goes farther than concern i mean censoring any voice i think is bad more voices not fewer we have a new poll that just came out 46 percent of what they describe as GOPers. Um, uh, say that the president should have the right to uh, 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 censor, bind, or silence those uh, uh, press organizations that have, quote, acted badly. I think that's insanity. It's 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 insane. Um, it's important to have diverse political thoughts, and that's the great part about our country, right? I might not agree with 100% of what anybody says. I don't think anybody does, but you should have the right to with the fundamentals of free speech. And, and you know, and it seems as if our country is trending in a different direction. We've seen firsthand how communism, socialism, doesn't work anywhere in this world. Like, give me a good example. You can't find that. Well, they now, would say do- they would say that you know the netherlands socialists would say well it works in the netherlands works in you know holland works in sweden yeah but it you know having like sort of traveled sort of around the world working on foreign policy like you know our system isn't perfect here in the u.s but it is the best that i've seen out there um and i'll continue to sort of and i'll continue to defend that those the freedom of thought the freedom of speech freedom of religion and all those big principles um, from our founding fathers what does it mean in california that you are um that you're running what what is the movement in california there seems to be a a possibility of of some movement in california do you you think there is politically speaking politically i truly believe that there is here i mean it's gone so far left here in california and especially here in the central valley it's 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 frustrating. We've been dealing with the exact same problems that we have been dealing with decade for decades now. All of it's under the umbrella of overregulation, mm-hmm. and I believe that people in the Central Valley, in particular, are beginning to wake up, um, wake up, and pay attention and uh, pay attention to that because. 
uh, you know, growing up here, this is one of the poorest congressional districts in the whole uh, in the whole country. It's yeah. ranked on like four hundred one of like four hundred twelfth poorest out of four hundred thirty five in the country. We can do better. Um, and as so I how do you how do you I mean, that's, you know, um, um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez would say the same thing probably about her district, that it's very, very poor. And you can kind of understand that's how socialism can take root. How do you present, you know, the pick up yourself by your own bootstraps kind of uh, uh, idea to people who are really struggling? Yeah, I mean, if you, I think people are starting to realize, like, I support the president, right? And it is undeniable that our economy is at an all-time high right now. What, last, it was 4.2% GDP growth here in the country. You know, our unemployment rate um, is at a uh, at, at all-time low. Um, and it is undeniable that things such as the, the tax plan, for example, put more money in people's pockets here in our district. And my opponent, Jim Costa, voted against that. Um, and so people, although the unemployment rate is significantly higher than uh, the rest of the country, it's a lot better than where they were two years ago. Who's your favorite founding father? Ooh, my favorite founding father. Ah, uh, I don't, who would yours be? I'm out of, out of curiosity. Who's mine? Yes. <laughs> well, mine is George Washington, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Got to go Ben Franklin on that one. Got to go all, Ben. I'm all Ben Franklin. Ben on that Franklin. One. Mm-hmm. All right, Elizabeth. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, keep up the good fight there in California. And uh, please pass on to everybody in California that our hearts uh, and our our thoughts, our prayers, our backs, and some of our money going to California to uh, to help them through this uh, tough time of these fires. God bless you. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks. You thank bet. you. Bye. 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 All right, let me tell you a little bit about uh, our sponsor this half hour is Mercury, Mercury Real Estate. Um, Mercury Real Estate was uh, something that my wife and I started, and we started this as just kind of a, a pet project in the family because we had trouble selling our house um, because, you know, it, it turned into a thing where the realtor, you know, just came and they were like, oh, well, you know, what, what are you going to do? Well, we, you know, we're going to have another open house. Okay, well, really, that's it? That's your idea? And it took a while to sell the house, and it was just frustrating. And I know what it's like when you want to sell your house, or you have to sell your house, or you want to find the right house, how you need somebody on your side. Well, realestateagentsitrust.com, that's the location where you can find the real estate agent in your area that is top-notch, has has real knowledge on your neighborhood, your area, um, has the information on what your home is really worth, and they're going to help you get your home ready for sale so you can get the most amount of money out of it. So whether you're buying or selling, you go to realestateagentsitrust.com and you're going to find somebody that's really going to help you out. Sell your home on time and for the most amount of money. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's go to Larry in Oklahoma. Hello, Larry. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hi, Glenn. How you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Great. Got a little bit of rain here in southwest Oklahoma today. Where are you? Where exactly are you in Oklahoma? Southwest uh, corner, little area called Warica Lake, mm-hmm. about 40 miles north of Wichita Falls. Okay, nice. Anyway. Okay, Larry. I, I'll never I'll never admit this, certain, and we don't want Facebook to, to hear about this, but All they right. kind of did us a favor with uh, blocking conservative ads. 
just think of this. A week ago, we didn't know who Elizabeth Hang was. Hmm. Today, I can send money to her campaign. Thanks to Facebook. I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. That is an interesting uh, thing that came up in my own in my own mind. And I've been following her for a while uh, and watching her in California. Um, and when she said, you know, they blocked my ad, I thought, yeah, but I've been following you and you're on the air today where you haven't been on the air because of the Facebook thing. And I find that I find that, um, you know, something that I don't think Facebook was was thinking. Same thing with Alex Jones. Did you see he's what the number three downloaded app now? Right. Infowars rushing. They were watching him on Facebook. Now they're going to the app and they're watching him. They may actually end up making him more money, which is it's it's somewhat silly because, of course, the app store is run by the same people who banned him from iTunes and started this in the the first place. Correct. But I mean, I think I don't think they should ban the app either, obviously. Uh, But yeah, it's probably going to want it's certainly probably going to be a short term burst to his income yes right because people will be will be signing up for things and yeah you know he'll get a nice little attention he'll just fade away he'll be isolated you know in his own little digital ghetto which oh isn't that nice i love i love the ghettoization of societies and and the question is how do people males in particular become vital without his male vitality formula that's the only thing saving america and American men right now, Larry. And if I, if male this vitality is not helpful, formula is goes away, I don't know what we're going to do. It's not helpful, is it, Larry? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. <laughs> well, thanks, Larry. <laughs> well, he's a vital male. He is. A, he's, he, he's a vital male. He probably. What do you do for a living, Larry? Larry. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm sorry if we were boring you. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, all right. I'm retired. I'm retired. You're retired. What did you do? Served in the military and then was in. Uh, National advertising, uh, publishing company out of Pennsylvania. Wow, what were you? What did you do in the military? What did you do in the military? First, I worked on nuclear missiles, and then I was in the infantry where we broke things and killed people. Right, and so you could always blame your hair loss on the missiles. Well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> although, although my hair is halfway down my back, so you still have hair I mean, on your head, or just the hair on your back? Yeah. Okay, no, I don't good. Have hair All right. My, my hair from my head is on my back. All right. And, and I never used any of Alex Jones' stuff. Right. All right. Larry, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. When we come back, uh, there is something that I think is, is being called the most tone deaf message of the year. I think it is the exact opposite. Next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. I'm glad that we are joined now by Mr. Pat Gray. Oh, me too. I love Pat oh, Gray. Oh, gosh, he's who so doesn't? Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. You so, love him too? Oh. So are, is, are we phenomenal. all Pat Gray now? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're going to Yeah, I'm egotistical enough to, to proclaim that. Yes, We're we all are Pat all Pat Gray now. We're so, all Pat, Gray. Pat, I want to play something. Now, this is called the most tone-deaf message uh, of the year. I have the opposite viewpoint. This is a commercial now uh, of Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. And Jack is coming into an office and he is, uh, in each hand, he has two bowls of food. Okay, here it is. 
While other burger places serve the same old stuff, I'm the only one with the bowls to serve something different. I mean, just look at my teriyaki bowls. Choose from steak or chicken, covered in teriyaki sauce, plus your choice of white or brown rice. What about these bowls, Jack? Hey, you got some pretty nice bowls there, and so does Dan. Thanks, Jack. Those are some nice bowls. Everyone's gonna wanna get their hands on Jack's bowls. Come try my bowls! Jack, the lawyers aren't comfortable with the new marketing campaign. Why? People love my bowls. See that right there? You can't say that. I can't say people love my bowls? No. What about try my bowls? Nope. Check out my bowls? Absolutely not. How is that out of touch? That is exactly the conversation we're all having. Well, and they prove it at the end with the lawyer. Yeah, that's what I mean. They show you they're totally in touch with what's going on right now. Exactly right. It's one thing just Mm -hmm. to do the first part of it, Mm -hmm. but once they introduce the lawyers and they're like, can't say bowls. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with bowls. Let's try my bowls. But but it sounds bad. So now mm-hmm. people are starting to come out and they're very offended by this, which I'm sure Jack in the Box is fine with because people like uh, we're talking about it. It's mm-hmm. going viral. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hats off to Jack, who is quite possibly the creepiest uh, representative of anything <laughs> I've ever seen. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's a weird very weird campaign start from from the very beginning it was weird yeah with the with the guy with the styrofoam head <laughs> it's just bizarre <laughs> just bizarre it's, it's very strange too because I, I, growing up in the east there were no jack in the boxes yes. the only thing i knew about them is they had a, a breakout of e coli uh well i grew up in the pacific northwest <laughs> where i believe that happened yeah i think so and uh you never forget it. I mean, it's one of those things yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to go to Jack in the Box. I don't know the last time I've been to Jack in the Box. Now, I do go to Jack in the Box yeah. uh, fairly often, uh, as you can see by my appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually thought of this one day. I was sitting in Jack in the Box, and I was thinking about how I never went to one as a kid. I you know, didn't have there, there weren't around. And the only thing I knew about it was this E. coli breakout. And then I looked over, because four kids died in that. It was a yeah, it was really bad. serious thing. Mm. Yeah, it was bad. And this is in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I sat there, and as I looked over at my two children that I bring to Jack in the Box for breakfast, like a decent amount, I thought to myself, look at the amazing faith in capitalism that I have and how we can... All- this is a company that had an issue in which they actually killed four children... They're, th- they're thrilled that we're talking about I'm this. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're yeah. breaking this, having bringing this back up. But and they, I'm still bringing my kids there. It's the burrito place. What's the name of the burrito? Chipotle. Place? Chipotle. Chipotle, as uh, as, yeah. as uh, Al, Sharpton Al Sharpton used to call it. Uh, yeah, they had that same issue. Blue Bell ice cream had this had a similar issue do, as well. Do not say those things about Blue Bell ice cream. No, no that's wrong. Do not say that's those. Wrong. Sure. If, if it was listeria, if plus had, it was listeria, it wasn't yeah, E. coli. If I'm they sorry. had chocolate chip mint listeria, <clears throat> I'd eat it. Ice cream, I'd still eat it. As soon as it came back on the shelves, I'm diving right back into Blue yeah, Bell. I'm oh, there. I, I remember we had. I'm eating the stuff that they're not quite sure of. Uh-huh. I'm still eating it. I like, it this my, could be tainted. This might not be. I'm rolling the dice. I had it in my freezer when the thing broke, and I ate it anyway. I remember before. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too. I remember, uh, I remember when uh, we lived up north, and uh, everybody was like, oh, Texas, Blue Bell ice cream, Blue Bell ice cream. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. It can't be that good. It is that good. No, I don't really know good. what they do to it. I don't care what they do to it. I think they put crack in it. I do think, they? Yeah, there's crack. Oh, it's in so, the good. Ice cream. Yeah. so good. So anyway. good. It is good. Anyway, but anyway, they've they got breakfast a 68 share by the way in Dallas, Texas. They what? Oh, that's really? how good it is. A 68 share of the ice cream market. 
68% of the ice cream market yeah, they have? Yeah, 68% of all ice cream did, sold here is wow. Bluebell. Did they cha- Did that change at all? Uh, um, after this, th- you know, I haven't checked that in a while. So, yeah, it, it may have, but I, I don't think so because they got all their shelf availability back. Oh, everybody waited. I mean, stores <laughs> just stores they said, left it empty. empty. We're They'll waiting for the Bluebell to come yeah, back. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys get into this uh, craft ice cream at all? <clears throat> craft ice cream yeah you know how like beer, oh yeah the, like you have like there was mm. bud and budweiser and then now there's the craft little makers like, of yeah where they'll make little tiny stuff. batches with uh-huh. crazy ingredients yeah. and like you know you had like the old school where it was like briars was like the lighter ice yeah, cream yeah, yeah. and then you had like the the, the hagen dazs and mm-hmm. ben and jerry's was like the really rich stuff this stuff embarrasses the like the ben and jerry's of the world i mean it is mm. so like it's like double the calories it's you take one spoonful and it's, it's almost an entire candy bar I worth of toppings. I already look like Colonel oh, Sanders. Why man. are you doing this to me? Girl, what? <laughs> you know that's true. You do, uh, <laughs> and that's something we need to exploit further. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I, uh, I feel like maybe we could get something. I mean, maybe just try some of them. No, to let people no. know on the air. No, you know, what? No. Sometimes the butterfat content of those oh, is really, really high. Really high, which is I like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the higher the butterfat count, uh, the happier I, I don't am. trust people who don't like gristle. I, <laughs> I, just don't. I, I'm not, I would not consider myself in the gristle fan category, so we have a trust issue, apparently. Yeah, we do. We always have, Stu. We've mm. always known. We've always known. Uh, speaking of trust, uh, you know, we really need to pay attention to the voices that are being snuffed out and silenced. Uh, yesterday we talked a little bit about um, Alex Jones, but there's mm. an update today. Yeah, I, I was just going over some of the uh, Drudge Report headlines. Infowars, Amazon quietly stops recommending Alex Jones products. So Amazon's in on it now. Instagram bans Tommy Robinson. He's the guy on the right in the UK. Yeah, but I think I don't know. The, I know <laughs> people from England who have followed him and mm. they all say the same thing. The guy has gotten rid of anybody around him that was any kind of extremist at all. Mm. You know, he started, I think he started a group and then it was infiltrated by some extremists and he kicked them out and then he disbanded it. He's like, that's not who I am. I think this guy is actually could be a really good guy. Yeah. And yet Instagram banned him. Twitter suspends a bunch of libertarian accounts. I Are you telling me if this is the way we're going to do this, if you're cracking down on hate speech, there's nobody on the left that's hateful. Louis Farrakhan comes to mind uh, immediately. Nobody's talking about banning him, taking him off Twitter or Facebook or they did Instagram. Un- they got rid of his blue check mark on Twitter. No! Yes. Whoa, uh-huh. whoa, whoa, whoa. Holy cow. Yeah. How is, has is anybody he okay? heard from him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> we sent a relative over to check on him? Wow. <laughs> Seriously, there's not a single person on the left? Who spewed any hate? Come on. Michael Moore? You've got people oh, who have threatened uh, uh, the president's life. Uh, uh, Keith Olbermann? Right. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you, how do you feel? I hadn't heard the Amazon one you just mentioned. Yeah. I, I, so they're still selling his products, I guess, but, but they're they not just recommending recommend them. them. I don't think I have a problem with that. You what do, what, but what does recommend mean? Probably means if you're clicking on similar like content or they think They'll say you'll you'll like probably it. like this, too. You'll probably like and this, too. And that's how a lot of people... Uh, discovery thing you yeah. didn't know and what so that is yeah it's an algorithm right i mean they're just but it is it's, it's cass sunstein it's nudge 
Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. You can that still I, get it, yeah, it, but is. you have to ask for it. Like, right. does Amazon have even? Like, they certainly don't have the legal requirement, but do they even have the you know cultural requirement? To recommend things that they find to be no. bad. No, no, I don't think no. so. I, I and it's their it's, business model. They can do what they is, want. But I don't my, think I'd have a problem with that on Facebook or YouTube either. If they if they just weren't recommending his videos, I don't think and they can do whatever they want as far as that goes. I I have to tell you, I am uh, <laughs> usually the recommends on YouTube are all wrong for me. They piss me off. I'm yeah. like, don't I don't want any of that crap. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I don't have a problem with any of these companies doing this. I want. To see it in writing, and then I want to see it consistently in, imposed. And we're not going to. You're not going to. They're not going to tell you exactly what it was. They want it loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. And because we can then say, okay, you took that guy out. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? How about this one? How about this one? Have we heard of Sarah Jung being eliminated from <laughs> no. any of these social media seriously. platforms? No, seriously. No, come on. I mean, that's as hateful and ugly as it gets. The stuff she was saying about white I people. would go back to Keith Oberman. I'd go back to oh, Keith God. Oberman. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Keith Oberman, he, he's, he's a horrible, horrible guy. But, and that's why these roads are, are, are dangerous, faulty to go down. You can always find somebody if, if, mm-hmm. if you know, you get. Well, if he's that, well, then, well, then this he's person. That, we can right. go down that road forever and then everyone's banned. Yep. You know, eventually we all get to the point where everybody has a problem with something. However, how do we put a stop to this? Uh, do we not? bring it up do we not stand up and remind no, them I, of their hypocrisy no, do I we just sit down and say okay well you got the right to do I that i think that we need to defend um <laughs> you know pretty much anybody unless it's clear cut and the violation is posted and you know exactly what it is and it's consistent mm-hmm. i think we just need to point them uh, point things out and send it to twitter or whoever Twitter's the only one that's standing and i think they're bullying twitter oh clearly they're gonna yeah, get they tons are. of pressure it'll be interesting to see if they can hold up to it because usually these companies don't in the long run even when they initially it's gonna do. be the only one but again like you know we can fight about it we can talk about it we can protest we can do all those things but the you know look there are other services out there right now that exists yeah. that allow whatever mm. conservative message you want to be posted we talk about losing your voice it's losing the audience that are twitter customers it's losing the audience that are facebook customers i you know you don't have a right to their audience you don't and you know there's plenty of places on the internet you can post you can post whatever you want I mean, basically whatever you want as long as you don't violate the law you know there's there are those extreme restrictions but outside of that there, you can do it you're, you do not have a right to go on their what service you, and post post these things as long s- as they don't violate. What is it that you could say that would violate things more than this? I mean, child this porn, a, things yeah, like that yeah, that okay. are against the law. I think this outward, is, hara- mm. there's certain levels of threats, right, that are going to be prohibited. Terroristic this, threats. I'm holding in my hand a book called The Anarchist Cookbook, published in 1972. The guy who wrote it, he was a kid. Um, grew up in the 60s and was a radical. He changed his mind a few years later and has tried to get it off the market ever since. When um, when when Columbine happened, they had a copy of this book, and he was horrified and did everything he could to get it taken off. Can't get it taken off because he doesn't own the rights to it. It's sold in Barnes & Noble. It's sold on Amazon. If If this is okay... For Amazon, for Barnes and Noble, which I'm fine with them selling. I really am. 
It's, it, and it's, and if, if this is okay, what speech is not, mm-hmm. is not okay? This book it shows you how to make gas, uh, to kill people, how to torture people, how to really hurt people, how to make bombs. Wow. I mean, have you ever seen it, Pat? No. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. There's a great documentary, by the way. Uh, do you remember the name of it off the top no. of your head? We'll get no. the name of it here. It's yeah. on, I think, Netflix that actually has an interview with the guy. Yeah, he's dead he died. Now. Yeah, right yeah. before he died. It just came out a few years ago. Right. How do you get this stuff evenly applied then? Yes. I, I don't. You I, can't. I don't think we can. That's why can't. the freedom of speech is our cornerstone. Yeah. You have to have the freedom of thought and the freedom of speech. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. I don't, I don't appreciate it as much as Glenn does, but slightly. Well, I was lying. Pat, oh, okay. So. Okay. So I'm even less than the lie. But the, the truth is Pat Gray Unleashed will be coming up on the Blaze Radio and TV networks. You should watch it and enjoy the podcast as well. Halfway through 2018, uh, Tally reveals uh, continued cyber insecurity from Russian hackers in- infiltrating U.S. power companies and attacking home routers worldwide. The uh, data exposure, um, just one of them, 350 million records exposed on a public server. Clearly, corporate security isn't getting you know uh, better fast enough. Uh, bad guys are always ahead. It's what they do for a living. If you have a personal info uh, data breach, criminals can open accounts, they can file tax returns, they can even buy, buy property. The new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help you protect yourself against the threats to your identity and all of your devices that you're not going to see or be able to fix on your own. Nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but... LifeLock with new Norton Security can see the threats that you might miss on your own. They have with me several times. They just did last week. LifeLock.com. Call them now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off your first year. Plus, you're going to get a $25 Amazon gift certificate uh, It's uh, with annual enrollment. It is now at LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK. Terms and conditions to apply. Glenn Beck. So there's this woman up in New Jersey, and she's um, she's standing in line at a Wawa, uh, which is a like a I don't know Circle K or Seven uh, Eleven, and uh, she's standing in line, and this guy is fumbling with his wallet, and he realizes he doesn't have enough money to buy the things that he was buying. She had already said to herself earlier. That, you know, if somebody ever is in front of me, I'm going to I'm going to help them out. If they're ever, you know, they can't afford the food, I'll take care of it. So she's standing behind this guy and she just thinks he's a, you know, nobody kind of washed up kind of guy without money. And uh, he's kind of scruffy looking. And uh, she says, I, I've I've got that. He says, oh, my gosh, that you don't have to do that. And she's like, no, 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 no. You, you know, I'll help you. She pays the bill. He turns around and he says, thank you. What's your name? She introduces herself. He says, I'm Keith. She said, you know, you look just like Keith Urban. And he said, I am. <laughs> it was Keith Urban really? that she was helping out. He, no word on why he didn't have enough money in his wallet, but he didn't have enough money in his wallet. She thought she was doing a good deed for this out-of-luck guy who just didn't have any money. <laughs> Turns out to be Keith Urban. That's a great scam for Keith Urban. Just constantly yeah. going to places I tell people wallet. that all the time. No, really, I'm Keith Urban. I look no. different on TV or no, on stage. 
<laughs> but I'm. I don't mean everyone should pose as Keith Urban. I'm saying if you're Keith Urban, no, don't bring it your for wallet Because okay. I stand in the Seven Eleven and I'm like, I don't have enough money. I'm Keith Urban. Anybody have any money? Has that worked yet? No, it not? hasn't. Okay. It hasn't. But it has for this fraud up in New Jersey. This guy is <laughs> claiming to be me. Glenn Beck Mercury.